Trivandrum Chapter presents Insights, a podcast series for HR professionals. National Institute of Personal Management, established in 1980, is one of the premier organizations of professionals engaged in human capital management, industrial relations, employee welfare, and human resource development in the country. And IPM is a non-profit organization registered under the Society's Registration Act and devoted to the development of skills and the expertise of HR professionals through regular and active programs like webinars, seminars, workshops, conferences and publication of research papers through its chapters all over the country. And IPM Trivandrum Chapter is one of the oldest and most dynamic chapters in the country and has always been at the forefront in organizing various professional activities. Our activities are aimed at HR professionals and thus enabling them to reskill and upskill to face the demands and the challenges of the disrupted era. In addition, an IPM Trivandrum Chapter regularly conducts an advanced program on labor law for HR excellence. To bridge academia with the industry, an IPM student chapters are formed in B-schools. Besides programs like face-to-face with executives, the chapter organizes special programs for the benefit of the student members intending to create awareness on HR and its functions. Also, student chapters providing its members a platform to develop leadership skills and evolve as a professional after their studies. An IPM Trivandrum Chapter presents Insights, a podcast series for HR professionals. Greetings from NIPM Trivandrum. This is Rajat Karunagaran welcoming you to a new episode of Insights NIPM Talks. Organizational culture is how things get done in the workplace without unwritten rules and values that employees follow to do their jobs. In this episode, we will be exploring more on organizational culture and role of HR in culture building and to talk about this topic, we have Sri Deepak A. Deshpande, Vice President, Tata Business Excellence Group. Deepak is a business excellence professional and works closely with hospitality, travel, automotive, ITES, Tata Steel subsidiaries, aerospace and defense sectors and Titan as relationship manager. He also acts as the subject matter expert for HR practices at Tata Business Excellence Group, a role in which he integrates business excellence with people practices. A career spanning over 29 years in HR and business excellence, Deebuk has been a thought leader on people dimensions and has headed HR in senior leadership roles, enabling business delivery with direct responsibilities for HR across geographies. It's our honor and pleasure to welcome Sri Deepak Deshpande for this episode of Insights NIPM Talks. Thank you, Rajat. I'd like to thank NIPM Trivandrum for giving me this opportunity to be over here. Deepak, a great organizational culture is the key to developing the traits necessary for business success. Tata Group has always been a leader in understanding the importance of culture for success in every business you are into. Can you elaborate more on the organizational culture and for better understanding, share with our listeners a few examples. We always wonder why people are willing to stand in queues, lines whenever a new Apple product is launched. It also astonishes me 
when we see kids queuing up to visit a Disneyland facility. So what is it? What makes those products, those experiences, those services so wanted or so liked by the customers, the consumers? Yes, it is the culture. What we experience over there is just an output of all the hard work, all the efforts which have been put in by the entire organization. As famous management guru has said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. So it's not only culture that goes hand in hand with strategy, but it goes too much or hand in hand with your sales, your operations, your manufacturing, your logistics for lunch, as well as if not taken care of, it will certainly have the company, the brand, the legacy by dinner. And hence, culture is the most important aspect when it comes to any organization. And culture at times or almost all the times is very difficult to understand because it is quite fizzy. It is very difficult to feel it, measure it, but it is still there. Haven't we noticed in organizations, few of them, people address each other by first names. That is the way everybody treats each other. There are also organizations where people kind of address each other by surnames or with a sir. There's nothing right or wrong, but it is an aspect of culture. Mm -hmm. So culture compromises the collective assumptions and the way things are done in that particular place. So what actually happens is when new people come in, the culture which is predominant gets copied, it gets coached and it gets corrected. And that is how a collective culture is created. Research has shown that there is a default culture in every organization. And if this default culture is not in line with the organization vision and is not supported by the organizational values, then there might be some challenges. And hence, it is very important to make the culture happen. We also do learn from cultures. Cultures, culture happens when people get together. People copy, coach and correct each other. Culture evolves and is sustained in every interaction and action. Both leaders and followers influence the culture. So when we look at culture, its impact on the organization, be it safety, be it customer centricity, be it innovation or operational excellence or various other aspects which have a direct impact on consumers, on customers, on various measurable parameters. It is basically the culture which plays a very important role. So when we talk about cultures, there are these five things which get addressed. It tells us who, who we are. It tells us what we do. It also tells us why we do it. What is our purpose? It tells us how do we do things around here and when and where do we, are, do we do our things? With these questions, it would be very clear when we took those examples of Apple, very clearly a very innovative company or Disneyland, though it caters to children, but it is a technology company, it is an innovative company. So these are those aspects which help us understand what culture is and how it helps the organization to be better and gives us a competitive advantage in the long run. 
Absolutely. Innovation is embedded in Apple's culture. Thanks to Steve Jobs for teaching us to look beyond what we see. Moving on, when it comes to evaluating the workplace culture, a few believe that it's impossible to assess. They are strongly against measuring values, beliefs and assumptions and quantifying them. Deepak, what is your take on this? Should culture be measured? Yes, Rajat. Culture can be measured. We have always been experiencing culture. Culture is a way of doing things. As we all have experienced, culture has many perspectives. When we look at culture, we know there is a national culture. There is a local culture. And yes, there is an organizational culture as well. There are various frameworks which are available to measure culture. One that I kind of use it and find it very useful is called OCII. This is based on competing values framework. So basically, if I do explain, just imagine an x-axis on which there is this dimension of uh, focus and differentiation. So on one side, we'll be having external focus and differentiation and, a, and on the other side of the x-axis, there will be internal focus and integration. And imagine a y-axis and on the top, there will be flexibility and freedom to act and on the other side, there will be stability and control. So when we superimpose this x-axis and a y-axis, obviously we will get four quadrants and these are the four quadrants which helps us to understand what the culture types are. So one of the aspects is around the top left culture, which is internal focus and flexibility. So it is a kind of culture which is internal as well as flexible and also considered to be quite friendly. The kind of leadership over here is more of a fatherly type. There is more mentor orientation which happens over here. The concern for people is quite high. The communication is quite high. Commitment from people is pretty good. The organization is working on development of people. So the broad theory or concept of the clan culture is commitment and solidarity produces effectiveness. So there are examples of clan culture. Typically groups like the Tata group, the Godrej group who, which have been there, who give lots of importance to their people. So this was the clan culture. Next one is adocracy culture. The adocracy culture is where the focus is external and there's a whole lot of flexibility into it. And the kind of culture we see, see over here is very dynamic, very entrepreneurial and very creative. The leadership style over here is that of innovator entrepreneurship. So examples of companies over here are like Apple. There'll be other companies like Amazon, Google, who are really innovative. They provide that kind of a flexibility, that kind of an openness for people to think different and do various things. The key clue over here is innovation, agility and transformation. And the broad theory is growth and creative uh, creativeness products effectiveness. Mm -hmm. The third dimension or the axis or the quadrant where there is external focus and stability is highly result oriented and competitive because the focus is external that is market and quite stable. So there is a cutthroat competition in terms of market leadership on a continuous basis. So typically when you look at FMCG companies, 
you will find that kind of a cutthroat competition. There's also cola companies who fight it out on a daily basis, regular basis, where market share, new product launches becomes very important. So the key around over here is profitability, goal achievement, market share. And the theory here is num numbers produce effectiveness. It's all about market share. It is all about goal achievement. And some examples of organizations which come under this uh, quadrant are companies like Unilever, Procter & Gamble, General Electric and so on. That's interesting. Let's move on to the final uh, quarter. That is the hierarchy culture. This is where the focus is internal and it is more of a stable kind of a uh, culture. There is lots of formality. There are lots of standing, standard operating procedures. There is formal attitude, structures, and everything that is done has to be as per uh, SOP. There is a whole lot of coordination, organization, and the focus is on efficiencies. The focus is on reliability, timeliness, consistency, and so on. So the broad theory over here is efficiency, timeliness, and consistency produces effectiveness. And examples of uh, companies in this quadrant are, let's say McDonald's. You have their outlets across the globe. But whatever uh, center you walk into, you'll find a same level of SOPs. So this is one way of looking at culture. So does it mean that any particular dimension is right or wrong? Certainly not. So when we look at uh, the four aspects of culture, the clan culture, the adocracy culture, the market culture or hierarchy culture, companies would be sitting in uh, any one of those uh, four quadrants. And they also keep on moving. For example, Apple, when they started, they we considered them to be an innovative company, which is basically an adocracy culture. But over a period of time, they have established so much of uh, uh, controlism in terms of hierarchy culture that every year they come out with new products, new systems and new processes. So there are cultures and there are subcultures, cultures within cultures. So these are the broad ways how we can look at culture. Mm -hmm. So this is the theory part. But of course, when we enter in an organization, we always come across those smaller aspects, including aspects how an email is written, how people communicate, how people address each other, what is the energy levels, when do people come in, is, a, is it an organization where uh, there is more of telling or more of asking, what is the organizational glue, what, is, what are people rewarded for, what is the criteria for uh, success. These are some of the elements which we can actually feel it and come to know what are the aspects of culture. Yes, culture can be measured. Like I mentioned, there are two aspects of culture, the current culture and the desired culture. Every organization has a vision and a strategic plan. So for the strategic plan or the vision to be fulfilled, is the current culture good enough or there is a need to tweak it or work on it to ensure that culture enables the future vision or future strategy. Thank you, Deepak, for explaining so well the different shades of culture and their impact on the business. Deepak, as a champion of HR practices and business excellence, can you tell us how HR can be a cultural influencer? Yes, Rajat, the culture, default culture or design culture plays a very important role. And culture, like we discussed, is something where everybody contributes to and everybody works towards it in terms of co-creating it. And I firmly believe that HR can play and is playing a very important role when it comes 
to creating the right culture like they say hr is the custodian of values and similarly i feel hr has to be the custodian of culture of an organization we discussed about culture right from a very basic aspect of culture of safety which is everything about behavior or customer centricity for example how do we treat our customers not only our external customers consumers but including our internal customers the entire aspect of innovation how do we ensure that employees go beyond just suggestion schemes and create an environment which is really innovative so from that perspective hr does play an important role let's look at two ways how hr can get into cultural transformation one is of course the formal mechanisms and the other one which are more powerful ones are the informal mechanisms so when we look at formal mechanisms it's all about structures to give you an example in one of my organizations uh, which was basically into a manufacturing company and a hierarchical organization where sops was everything the organization also wanted to be innovative so a structure was created and innovation center was created wherein all the scientists were recruited and the processes the policies uh, were quite different so right from the beginning the entire way of managing the people over there was quite different and it was required because if you start off with the same kind of processes policies and benefits uh, then probably uh, we are again copying it and creating a same culture and hence it was required that a separate structure was there and that structure was given the right kind of uh, processes and things like that so the entire aspect of organization structure uh, decision rules rights and the necessary uh, rewarding mechanisms becomes very important the next aspect is business processes so when we talk about business processes the entire aspect of policies mechanisms uh, customer feedback safety plans and how important they are and the sense of ownership empowerment becomes a very important aspect and yes hr has to play this role because otherwise business processes are run by business leaders but the softer aspects have to be looked into by hr formal mechanism is a uh, leadership uh, values motives preferences personalities competencies and the senior leaders themselves being aware of the imprint they would be having on rest of the organization by their conduct and behavior the entire aspect about role modeling plays a very important aspect other than the three dimensions we spoke about structure business processes and leadership the formal mechanisms from an hr standpoint are communication both formal uh, channels of communications like newsletters company events the emails and so on the entire celebrations reward and recognition do we recognize do we celebrate only for successes or do we also encourage failures and the entire aspect of compliance and consequence management are we very uh, penalizing people for their errors or are we rewarding people for their errors and ensuring that errors are not repeated and in this there are various hr processes like the performance management system your training and development system your recruitment uh, your uh, uh, reward and recognitions and things like that so this was some of the aspects from a formal mechanisms thank you for explaining to us that hr plays a vital role when it comes to culture you are listening to insights nipm talks with me is deepak deshpande vice president tata business excellence group let us continue our chat and ask him the role of leadership in nurturing culture well like i said 
leadership is going to be uh, democratized there'll be leaders all across the entire pyramid of leadership at the top is going to go for a flip now it is going to be leaders at the point of contact with our customers that is where value is being generated and probably the reason why uh, change management have uh, not succeeded as much as we would have loved to was uh, leadership focus in terms of change management or cultural transformation was always on focus on structure processes and not as much as on people it was always seen to be a top down initiative uh, without getting everybody involved and it was more of a compound uh, command and control exclusive and diagnostic change approach for a change management and it was always considered to be too abstract too wide too much of paper paperwork too much of planning not knowing what exactly is there however now i think leadership have a much better role to play and it's not a destination it's going to be a journey for leaders to create a positive culture and i would say there are four aspects of positive uh, leadership uh, positive culture which the leaders are going to play the first one is uh, the positive awareness where the leaders are aware of the entire thing more mindful knowing the connections and collaborations in the organization in terms of uh, information energy and emotions having a very strong shared meaningful purpose of the entire organization is going to be very important and lastly learning and autonomy is going to be very important and key so finally it's all about how do we empower our people with a sense of personal competence which would lead to i can personal choice which would lead to i may choose having an impact in terms of i matter value in activity in terms of i love it and security i am safe and okay so this is something which the leaders will have to not drive but lead and participate into it and show their vulnerabilities and give leaders ship to people who actually are leading at that point of time so finally i'd like to conclude to be engaged we must be physically energized emotionally connected mentally focused and spiritually aligned with a purpose beyond our self interest this is what leadership in my view need to do it's not a destination but a journey for leaders to build a positive culture in organizations thank you mr deepak for your time your views and thoughts are highly informative and thought provoking and thank you for inviting me for the session i thoroughly enjoyed it with that we come to the end of this episode we hope you gained some insights by listening to this podcast brought to you by nipm trivandrum chapter see you again with another topic and another guest if you are an hr professional and would like to join nipm please visit our website www.nipm.in or call nipm trivandrum chapter at 0471 2310495 and be part of this prestigious organization this is rajit karunakaran life member nipm signing off the nipm talks podcast titles insights is providing this podcast as a public service but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement related to the topics presented here reference to any specific product or entity or solution does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by NIPM or its chapters the views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance in the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent